Okay, welcome to episode two of the Burning Bush podcast. Um, same deal as last time. Uh, I'm recording outside, where I'll always be recording, of course, so I can't smoke in the house. Uh, but I'm actually uh, dog-sitting for a family member at their house this weekend. And uh, so they're, it's a little bit windy out. But uh, there's a pool filter running in the background. We got dogs. So hopefully not too much noise in the background. But anyway, tonight I am smoking a Drew Estate Undercrown. This cigar is uh, used to be when I first started smoking seven years ago or so back in 2013. Uh, this used to be my favorite cigar and it was for quite a while until I started branching out and finding different things and then it you know it dropped down to third or fourth on the list but still still right up there Um, so I'll go ahead and read you what the uh, Drew Estate website has to say about it and I am smoking the uh, Grand Toro which is a 6x52 Uh, So, Drew Estate says on their website, In early 2009, we asked our torcedores to smoke less Liga Pravada cigars because they were leaving too few to be exported. This request was met with the disappointment you would expect, but rather than uh, being disgruntled, they responded by blending their own signature Liga. Pretty smart. Incorporating many of the same rare tobaccos, but of different vintages and primings, the cigar they created was no mere replacement. Rather, it is an exceptional smoking experience of uncompromising quality and flavor that deserves to be smoked by all. It is always the master makers who are heralded, heralded, but the reality is that great cigars are the product of many talented people, most of whom toil in factories with no publicity ever. They are the uncelebrated heroes who make all of our lives more pleasurable with the cigars they craft. And therefore, it is with great pleasure that we are now sharing their factory floor creation with you as Undercrown, born of our workers' ingenuity, resourcefulness, and passion for a great cigar. So, in case you didn't know, the Liga Pravada is uh, one of Drew Estate's uh, high-end lines. And so the the rollers were smoking those all the time while they were working. And... uh, they couldn't have enough. They didn't have enough to export, so they made them <laughs> roll it back, and so they uh, came up with their own cigar, similar but no, not quite the same, but but similar. And I, I would actually, I actually enjoy the Undercrown more than the Liga Pravada line. But let me give you the blend summary. The wrapper is an Otapan Negro Ultimo Corte. The binder is T-52 Connecticut River Valley stock cut and cured Habano. And the filler is select Brazilian Matafina and Nicaraguan Cuban seed. Strength is medium to medium full. Uh, It says taste profile is lush, smooth and creamy with a natural inherent sweetness. And then the cigar style, refined and balanced with excellent depth for the smoker. So there's the, uh, the info on the undercrown straight from the Drew Estate website and uh, if you haven't tried them do yourself a favor and uh, go grab one 
or a five pack. Can never have too many good cigars. All right, so what we're gonna do now, we're gonna jump into what I've been planning uh, for a few weeks for this podcast, what I actually wanna do. And I'm gonna read from a book. I'm actually gonna go through the entire book uh, by a scholar named Dr. Michael Heiser, uh, who I've been learning from for years. Uh, He actually, uh, a couple of years ago, he's a PhD in uh, biblical languages ancient Near Eastern languages, and uh, he's an author uh, who has a lot of amazing books. I've read them all, so I'll put the link to his uh, Amazon author's page in the show notes, and you can go check out all of his books. Uh, And he's also uh, a host of a podcast called The Naked Bible Podcast, which I'll link to as well. And then thirdly, uh, he, a couple years ago, or well, let's see, I'm in my third semester there, so little over a year ago he started uh, the Awakening School of Theology in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. And he's associated with a church down there, Celebration Church in Jacksonville. And uh, he went down and uh, started a theology school. We're just starting our third semester, so uh, I've been in it a little over a year really educational so I'll I'll put a link in the show notes for that as well so you can check you can go and check out the uh, awakening school of theology and if that's something you're interested in so he has a book called what does god want which basically lays out uh, what the bible is about and what god wants from us so i thought what i would do is read through the book little bits at a time We'll go through just a few pages in each podcast so you can uh, absorb it and, and have time to think about it so it's not, there's not too much information at once. So I'll just read little bits of it at a time. And like I said in the intro episode, I'd like to keep these to uh, you know, 15 minutes or so tops, 15, 20 minutes, because I know everybody's busy these days, but you should always have time for God's Word and a good cigar. So I'm going to start off today, and I'll, of course I'll link uh, in, the, in the show notes, like I said, there's links to uh, Dr. Heiser's Amazon uh, author's page, so you can pick up this book as well as everything else he had. So I figured today I'd start off uh, the first show uh, reading the preface and the introduction. That's only like four pages long, so won't take a whole lot of time. Okay, so here we go. Preface. Please don't skip this. I hope that caught your attention. I know. Prefaces are the reading equivalent to waiting in line for anything, watching C-SPAN, and being stuck in traffic. I won't promise this one will be a thrill, but it's important. This book is an introduction to what the Bible is really all about. God's love, how God wants you to have eternal life with him, and how God wants you to help others learn about those first two items. Pretty simple, but likely not what you're used to in that regard. This isn't your run-of-the-mill Christianity 101 book. It will cover some things you've not heard before, and I'll have a bit of a different angle for a lot that might be familiar. I have two kinds of readers in mind. The first is someone who has very recently come to faith in Jesus. If that's you, 
you're probably already a little intimidated by the Bible. There's a lot in it that sounds strange and isn't easy to understand. Trust me, I know how you feel. When I came to believe in Jesus as a teenager, I knew next to nothing about the Bible. I heard of Jesus, Noah, and Adam and Eve. That was it. This is a book I wish someone had handed me right after I embraced the gospel. It would have helped me make sense of the story of the Bible and some pretty important concepts. I believe it will do that for you. The second reader I have in view is the person who has known Jesus for a while, but who somehow feels stuck. You believe in Jesus, you've been engaged in church for a while, maybe a long time, but you have this nagging sense that there must be more to it all. There just has to be more to the Bible than what you've picked up to this point. You feel a little lost when it comes to what it really means to follow Jesus. There has to be more to it than Sunday worship, hanging out with Christian friends, and getting involved in groups at church. I want you to know that your instincts are correct. This book will help you move forward. It may sound contradictory, but this book aims to introduce, or perhaps reintroduce, some basic but important ideas to smart people. I always assume my readers are intelligent. For some of you, this book will help you relearn some things in fresh ways. For others, just beginning, we all have to start somewhere. So here we are. I am hoping this book prepares readers to move on to some other books I have written. After you finish this book, I recommend moving on to Supernatural, What the Bible Teaches About the Unseen World, and Why It Matters. For English readers, that book is available online, either through Amazon.com or the publisher, Lexham Press. There are also a number of free videos online where I discuss some of the important concepts in this book. For readers of other languages, that book is free for download. And I'll include the, uh, the link in the show notes as well. After reading Supernatural, I hope readers graduate to several other books I've written that demonstrate there's a lot more to learn about the Bible and God than what you might hear in church. I dare you not to bore me with the Bible, the Bible unfiltered, approaching scripture on its own terms, and the unseen realm, recovering the supernatural worldview of the Bible. I'm also hoping you'll all become listeners to my Naked Bible podcast. The name reflects my goal of giving listeners biblical content in its own original ancient context, free from modern denominational filters and assumptions based on Western modern paradigms. I care only about what the biblical text, understood in its own context, can sustain, not what traditions have said about the text. Every month, hundreds of thousands of listeners learn to read the Bible again for the first time. The thrill of discovery is something every believer should experience with regularity. That's why I do what I do. Thanks for reading this. Introduction What does God want? Sounds like a simple question, but if you give it a bit of thought, it's really not. Why? Well, for starters, you have to know who's asking the question. People will ask it for a lot of different reasons. Is it a cry of anger from someone in pain? Perhaps it's a barely audible whisper that surfaces from deep sadness. Is the motivation curiosity? Or is it just prompted by the desire to reflect and think deep thoughts? It's not difficult to see that giving the right answer depends on why the question is being asked. Since I'm the one asking the question, it's easy to clear that up. 
But first, let me tell you what isn't motivating me. I'm not asking the question because I don't know the answer. I do. In fact, I know the answer for everyone, at least in terms of the answer God himself would give with respect to all of us. And that's precisely how I'm asking it. I'm asking it to help you think about some important things. When I ask, what does God want? I'm really asking, what does God want when it comes to every person in the human race? What does he want when it comes to me and my life and to you and your life? Before I get to the answer, it's pretty obvious that the question is a religious one. Questions about God naturally get filed in that folder. I've raised the question and will answer it because I'm interested in God. Most people still are, though they aren't interested in church. That's fine, since you don't need the latter to talk about the former. I'm not a pastor or priest, but I've made a career out of studying the Bible. Yes, that's actually possible. So since I'm the one asking, my answer is going to be a biblical one. That narrows the focus a bit more. My goal will be to explain how the Bible would answer the question, what does God want? Now for the answer. It's simple. He wants you. That might surprise you. You may doubt it. That's okay. But it's the right answer. To be honest though, it isn't enough of an answer. You can't get a sense of how amazing and profound the answer is by just that one sentence. You need some context to appreciate how much love is behind it. There's actually a long, remarkable story behind the answer. Since that's the case, this book is not only about what God wants, but it's about things God wants you to know. Yes, he wants you, but for you to appreciate that and, hopefully, feel the same way about God, you need a little context. That, of course, is my job. We'll start with God's story. There's a lot of tragedy in it, but none of that ever changed God's mind about you, or me, thankfully. Once I'm done telling the story, it's not the whole book, so if you're an avid reader, you're in luck. I'll drill down on some parts of the story that are especially important. But if you only read the story section, you'll get the answer to the question we started with. I'm guessing, though, that you'll want to keep going. I hope you do. It's good stuff. Before we jump in, I have one disclaimer. If you've spent a lot of your life in church, you might think you already know the story. You certainly know parts of it, but I can guarantee there will be some surprises. Unfortunately, the thing that most often gets in the way of the wonder of the story is religion. Sometimes church and denominational preferences become more important than the story. That's not the case here. Even though I'm assuming some readers are familiar with the Bible, I'm confident you're going to encounter new truths and new ways to think about old truths. And if you've never been in a church or heard much about the Bible, you're the perfect reader. There's nothing to unlearn or relearn. It's all fresh. Either way, I think you're going to experience the thrill of discovering what God wants and why. All right, so that's the preface and the introduction to What God Wants by uh, Dr. Michael Heiser. And again, I've left all the pertinent links in the show notes so you can find everything I've talked about here. So that'll do it for episode two. Hope you'll come back and join me for the next episode where we'll start getting into 
the rest of the book. So have a great day, have a great cigar, and God bless.